0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PRISM for Enterprises School of Business. This is where we have conversations every week uh, regarding resources, strategies, techniques uh, related to small business, and we hope that they help um, aspiring business owners, entrepreneurs, people who have existing businesses navigate the path to um, small business success. I am Salome Chung, I am CEO of Prism for Enterprises. I would love to invite you to share what we do here with everyone in your world, um, your friends, your family, um, anyone you know that is thinking of embarking on this small business journey. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, We would love to hear your comments, uh, because that is how we know how to add more value um, when we post our next video. Today, we're going to be speaking about an often overlooked um, area when we're setting up our businesses, and that is bookkeeping. It sounds mundane, um, basic, people don't pay enough attention to it. But uh, trust me, as an uh, entrepreneur and small business owner, it is critical. I can't stress how critical it is to have your books in order. And today I have as my guest, um, Joanne Richards. And Joanne is a 40 plus year bookkeeper. Can you believe that? She also has her own bookkeeping company. I'd like to welcome Joanne. To our listeners. Um, and I can't wait to um, hear all the valuable tidbits you have for our listeners. I know I'm going to learn a lot because um, when I was starting out in business, bookkeeping was the last thing on my mind. All I could think of, let's get this idea out there and let's exactly. make and let's make some money. <laughs>
1: And then what do you do? (laughs) And then what do
0: you do? Yes. Um, So welcome, Joanne. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Yes, Joanne, please tell our audience why it's so important to make bookkeeping a primary primary task when you're setting up your business.
1: Oh, that is a, a great question. And I think it's important for everyone, every business owner to have a bookkeeper because you're going to be good at what your idea is. You might not be good at number crunching. And even if you are, you should be growing your business, not worrying about the number crunching. (laughs) So, you know, it's like you've got this great idea and you need to go promote yourself instead of who wants to spend hours making sure that the books are in balance and you're all ready for tax preparation when it's time for that. So I don't want to call somebody. Anyways, like smart, smart business owners start off, you know, with with a bookkeeper from the very beginning. And and even if you don't start off that way, you can you can catch up and you can get on board with that plan. Um, And I I have great examples. You know, my daughter has her own business and she knew right off and and obviously she's seen me, you know, doing bookkeeping for a long time. So she knew when she started her business that she she's good at what she does. And she doesn't want to do the bookkeeping. She probably could, but she doesn't want to. And she's too busy being really good at what she does. So, you know, she hired me off the out, out of the gate. So it was great. And I have a I have a fairly new client. I mean, they're a new business owner. And in California, and even though it it maybe takes me 15 minutes to a half an hour to do their books once a month. But she also knew the importance of having a bookkeeper right from the beginning even if there weren't going to be a lot of transactions so
0: yes you yes. do
1: what you're good at and let me do what i'm good at
0: <laughs> absolutely uh one of my uh, mantras if i'm not an if, if i don't have the expertise i'm not going to try to do it because right you I, I say penny wise and pound foolish Right. You're trying to save money, but then you have to double back and get someone to um, do the job anyway, because right. you just can't get it done, or you can't get it done the way it's supposed to be done. Right. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was just gonna say, and uh, a common myth currently is a lot of people think that if they learn how to use QuickBooks, especially QuickBooks online, then they can automatically they'll be fine doing their books. And I have an example right now, I have a, a, you know, a business owner, and he's really busy doing what he's doing. And his wife is is getting the hang of QuickBooks and QuickBooks Online, but she's not a bookkeeper. But, you know, she's doing, you know, she's doing the bookkeeping, they hired me to set up QuickBooks Online. And, and, and I got their 2021 all caught up and reconciled, but I didn't know all the answers to all their, you know, entries. So that we had a lot of cleaning up to do together, but, but now it's like, they don't want me to do the regular bookkeeping that I've teaching her how to do the reconciliation. So it's like, okay, but I can't teach you how to be a bookkeeper. It took me years to become a bookkeeper <laughs> and it took me a couple of years to get my degree in it. So it's like, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, you two have decided that you need to be the bookkeeper. <laughs> because she keep they keep hiring me to teach them how to do things so it's like okay well that's fine
0: (laughs) once again penny wise and pound foolish. right
1: right but you know it's work you know they think that's the way to go right now and that that's okay but but I have learned that there's a lot of tips you know just even if you're using a bookkeeper there's a lot of tips we can offer business owners to help them help themselves and help the bookkeeper so that you know we're not I'm not strangling them behind the scenes, type of thing. So,
0: what are some of the common mistakes, um, bookkeeping related, that businesses make that are totally avoidable?
1: The first and foremost, I think any accounting professional would tell you is keep your personal and your business books totally separate. You need to have a bank account and a savings account and credit cards for the business separate from your personal. And even if you start out co-mingling, because a lot of us do and did, it it makes it a lot harder to untangle it. And especially if you're a corporation, that's an absolute no-no. But even as a sole proprietor, it makes it so much easier because once I start doing the books or anybody, obviously, I'm just going to use me, Um, you might forget what you spent that money on six months ago, if you've waited till now Absolutely. to, to let me do this, it's like you, I I have clients, like, I don't remember what I, what that was. I go, well, I don't know either. <laughs> so, so it's just easier. I, I've, I've trained many clients. It's like, here's the virtual slap on the hand, just separate them from the beginning. And if it, if I'm just jumping in, in the middle of your business, then let's get it separated and cleaned out. And because there's always ways to make entries on, well, okay, I, when I started my business, I had to pay for things out of my personal funds. Well, there's a way to make an entry for that, but let's not make it a habit. And again, if you're a corporation, you absolutely cannot do that. The government really frowns on it.
0: Yeah. A good rule of thumb. Um, As a small, once you become a small business owner, always, always, wherever you go, have a notepad and paper. A oh, good. It good a yeah. And it does not matter how mundane, simple, unimportant the task or the expenditure is write everything down and worry about whether it's important or not later, because if you don't do that, you're going right. to miss an awful lot of expenses. <laughs> And at least, you know, there's so many apps out there now that people
1: can take notes with or even track certain things to help track certain money things.
0: Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Now this is this is, and myself included, this is one um task as a business owner that everybody I know in business struggle with this, how to pay yourself. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Is, I was say that, that's exactly right. has gotten a grasp until you get to a level where you're scaling up as a startup, um, a growth, even when you're in the growth phase, business owners just find it hard to figure out how to right. themselves. Well, I, and again, if you're a corporation and if you're a
1: C corp versus an S corp, you know, that's even... Uh, a different ball of wax, but even if you're an S Corp, because a lot of my clients are an S Corp versus a sole proprietor, you have to pay yourself on payroll, at least this is in the United States, but you have to pay yourself on payroll, you know, at least quarterly, because if you don't, the government gets a little cranky. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think you you can, you can figure yourself out, you know, and your tax person can help you figure well, how much, but at least start with something, even if it's made, you know, you can always pay yourself more later. You can always increase your payroll, but at least try to pay yourself something. And then you have taxes withheld so that you're not necessarily worrying. Okay. Did I pay enough estimated taxes or whatever? Now, as a sole proprietor, I have certain people, I have certain clients who are very disciplined in, okay. You know, brought in this much money from my clients. Okay, this much money is going into the bill paying pot and i'm going to pay myself this much and this much is going into a tax savings. Account so and 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 you need to get used to understanding well what's my overhead and what your cash flow is which isn't necessarily the it isn't it's never the same as your profit (laughs) your net profit but. You know, and I, I look at my, for my business, I collect from most of my clients at the beginning of the month for the prior month. I know how much my bills are going to be. I just transfer an amount, you know, not an excessive amount, but I transfer enough to pay my bills. And then I keep the rest in, in my business account. I don't have a lot of overhead as a bookkeeper, and I don't have people I'm paying as subcontractors or anything. So it's a little easier for me but you you just kind of get in the rhythm of understanding what your cash flow is and maybe what you owe people and your bookkeeper and your tax people can help you with that. But you do, you know, you deserve to get paid.
0: You're doing the work, you deserve to get paid. So pay yourself something. <laughs> yes. Um, and my number two, on the top of things that small business owners um, struggle with, and yes. According to the statistics, this is one of the reasons most um, small businesses fail. They do not have enough of a cushion right. going into when they quit their job, um, go from employee to employer. And consequently, they're constantly pulling from whatever the business makes to pay for their personal expenses. Because they they have not yet separated the two or they have right. not learned how to separate the two. And so when you're constantly um, um, taking money from your business to fund your personal rather than using business to help your business grow and to help right. yourself and your employees, eventually the, the, this... this um, this house of cards is gonna fall down. So it is. how do they um when you're starting out? I know your I know the recommendation is to have separate accounts, um, you know, don't commingle funds, um, do everything separately. What I tend to in um, um, advise my clients um, as a as a small business consultant is have enough money for six months to pay your expenses, oh, your, personal, your sure. personal expenses before you decide to embark on um, the the small business journey. Because That's if good. you're constantly going to be robbing, as they say, Peter to pay to Paul. It's not good for your business. So what would no. you be your best tip? For I, I, I would agree with that
1: because now for me, when I, and this is my second time around being self-employed. I worked for, you know, as an employee bookkeeper for years. And then I went out on my own again. And I, so I was doing both. I was working as an employee until I started getting more and more clients. And then when it was just too much, it was like, it's like, and and my current my employer at the time, she knew my dream was to be self-employed again because what I was doing for her wasn't I wasn't the bookkeeper. I was more of an administrative assistant, which was, you know, it was all right, but it's not my follow acts. but um, and she knew that, and she encouraged people to do what their passion was. so, I just weaned myself off of that company and built my clientele up until I could start saying, well, okay, I'm going to do this full time now and just really dive in and build up my business. So it kind of that that worked for me. Um, And but I, I agree with you that you should have, you know, six months is a good thing. I was gonna say most of us. Think you need to have at least three months, and this is even when you have an established business. So that's different. But if you're just going into a business, and especially if you're quitting, you know, cutting yourself off from the job completely, mm-hmm. then I think six months is is a good is a good plan because <laughs> you don't want to start living on your credit cards either. Right. So yeah,
0: um, I I have learned um, that you know it, it, it's painful. When it your is. business and whatever money you're making is, you constantly are using it for 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 the personal. Right. Um, what what I hear when I'm um, helping small businesses is I don't have the money to pay. Well, um, uh, in my book, what that one of the chapters deal with, if you can't afford a CPA, I are a bookkeeper. Right. <laughs> because a bookkeeper is much more, much less expensive than. Right. CPA. Save the CPA for your tax return preparation. Okay. Good, good, good point. Yeah. Because I
1: don't, I don't want to do the tax returns.
0: Okay. Because uh, that's what a lot of them would say. I can't afford it. So I right. rather do it on my own. So at the end of the year, whatever receipts or, um, notes or, HADOC system they have goes to um, a tax preparer and um, it it does not work. And um, to my listeners out there, I will tell you why it does not work other than the fact that your your record keeping is not where it should be. Um, When COVID happened, And they, um, you know, the Small Business Administration was trying to help small business recover. Right. Um, I had a client who could not benefit from any of these programs. Oh, dear. Could not benefit. You know why? She didn't keep good records. Oh. She didn't. So whenever they would ask her for tax returns for this, tax returns for that. Sure. Hey, this year, why did you not make any profit? If you don't make any profit, you don't qualify because that's how they base what they're going to give you as a grant. Right, so right. For example, if you filed your taxes and you were in the green and you earned 15, 000, $1,500, let us say, times three, it's 4500 is what they. Right, mean. right. Now, if you're in the red, there's nothing. And that's right. Business owners think, erroneously that if they consistently lose money even though that's expected when you start a business that it's a good thing except uh, that the irs considers it a hobby if you keep doing exactly, that. exactly uh don't do that to yourself people no Yeah. No. try to get out of the red as exactly soon as possible. well and you know speaking of covid
1: Because as a sole proprietor, you know, we, our business income and expenses go on what's called a Schedule C, and then in our tax return, and the net income, it's like, what I reported as my payroll for me as my one and only employee was not the money I was given myself every month because that doesn't count. That's just taking money out of the, the business. It's the net income of the business from the year before. So you had to keep records, and I had to, you know, do my tax return and have that already because I had to show either the whole tax return or the, the Schedule C, and that's what, you know, my PPP funds were based on. And thankfully, I did
0: keep records, and thankfully, I made money. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of small business um, owners, especially, um, uh, you know, solopreneurs, sole proprietors, just couldn't access these funds because they didn't keep good records. Right, right, right. Good records. Some of them didn't file taxes. Some of them didn't, you know, they were always in the red. So there was nothing for the PPP to base um a grant on right so if nothing else guys um uh, covid um taught us a lesson that don't treat your bookkeeping or your record keeping as an afterthought it that's should, a good good idea <laughs> it should be right up there with with your branding Oh, know, good point. Yes, definitely. It, 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 no sense. You're branding your business and making money, but you're not managing that money. If right. Ever. Right. So,
1: and again, like I said, it doesn't, you know, people think using me is going to cost them a lot of money. And most of my clients, I get their work done unless they have like five, 10 accounts and lots of transactions in each. Okay. That's going to take me several hours a month. But most of my clients have one or two accounts, one or two credit cards, and it maybe takes me an hour or two. So what I tell people, and yes, my rates have gone up over the years, but I'm not the most expensive bookkeeper out there, But I'm, and I charge far less than what your CPA's firm is gonna charge you for bookkeeping services. But I keep telling people, if you, can, I used to say, if you can't afford, you, you should be able to budget $100 a month for bookkeeping. Now that my rates have gone up, you know, of course, that's that rate would be a little higher. But still, you should be able to budget one or two hundred dollars a month, especially if you're still in the very simple range, you know, like not too many accounts and not a lot of transactions. And that's just going to ease a lot of stress down the road.
0: Yes, yes. Um, Now, in terms of those people who um, (laughs) poor bookkeeping. Um, it's tax time. Yes. Um, is it safe to say filing an extension is better than doing nothing?
1: Yes, but you also have to. You have to have. You have to know something because you have to tell the government. Well, I think I might owe this much. <laughs> so you have to have. You. You should have well, done you have
0: and, and, some and, record.
1: <laughs> yes, you have to have kept some record, even. And so even, you know, and you you should try to pay something at the time you file an extension, even if it's not enough, you should still pay something. And, and again, because I used to think, and I think the extension form used to, you just used to file and, you know, say, but now it's like, definitely, I'm not sure if you have to tell how much you think your, your income was or your profit, but you do have to report what you think your liability might be. So, you know, it seems like you know, there's one or two more things to fill in than we used to have to do years ago, but definitely file an extension if you can't do, and most, a lot of people are filing extensions. And I'll tell you, it's like January is my worst and busiest month of the year, because I'm I'm trying to meet the 1099 deadline at the end of January, which means I have to have everybody's books done through December. So you know, I'm I'm a bag of stress in January.
0: Well, well, well. Thanks, thanks, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, uh, for those people whose books you are doing. Yes, because, they're because, very grateful. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, it's gonna save you a whole lot of headache. Um, right. Down right. the road, don't please. Um, if you're whoever is listening to this, if you're considering starting a business, if you already have a business, um, you're an entrepreneur, um, and uh, that's a category where I find the most that are not as focused on their bookkeeping, right? If and there's, go ahead. yeah, go ahead.
1: There's a couple other key tips I would give you, um. A lot of us as business owners use service providers. So, you know, you're, you might hire subcontractors or, you know, you're going to hire that person to design your website. You might hire a business consultant. They, they would be hiring you as a business coach and things like that. So when you first start out with these kind of service providers, if, if it's not somebody you're buying products from, because that doesn't you know matter, you need to collect what's called a simple form called a W-9. So that way your bookkeeper is going to know, you know, their actual business name, their address and their tax ID number and their business entity, because at the end of the year, when I have to do their 1099, it drives me crazy when, okay, you've been using this person all year, you don't have that information and now it's time. And so it's like, I get really crabby if we have to start scrambling and I need that W9. I need, it's like, so... And again, and it's good leverage. It's like people. Well, I don't want to give you my. It's like, well, number one, it's an IRS rule that we collect it, and number two, um, don't pay them. Just say, well, I can't use you, and or I can't pay you until I have that form. Exactly. You know, and I've been a bookkeeper for clients who work for big corporations as their clients, and it's like they don't. Part of their onboarding system is giving them their w-9s like you know we're never you're never going to get your first check from us until we get that form so just get in the habit of anytime because you don't know when you start using a service provider if you're going to meet that threshold amount so you know the only time you don't have to collect a w-9 is if they're a corporation and they can tell you right off or you know i used to demand them from everybody but The only person and lawyers, you have to file a 1099, whether they're a corporation or not. So everybody but lawyers is if they're a corporation. You don't need one. But get a W-9 when you first start working with the service provider.
0: Those dang lawyers, right? (laughs) (laughs) They get to be 1099, whatever. What would you um, recommend as a plan of action for gig workers, Joanne? For say that again? Big workers, like the Uber drivers, the um, the Uber Eats people. Oh um, they, they they're um, during COVID, they were regarded as a, a certain category of sole proprietor. Should they continue should they continue filing um, as an individual? Or should they go the Schedule C route? I guess that would depend on how they structure their their gig job. So I guess so. Um, the Schedule C is if you're a sole
1: proprietor or if you're a one-person LLC. Okay. And I didn't follow because I know for a time, you know, Uber or Lyft was like they were trying to decide whether they should be treated as employees or sole, you know, independent contractors. So it sounds like they're still independent contractors. Um, and and especially if you're working for a big company like that, they're going to give you a 1099 that yeah. you have to report as part of your income. So awesome. Yeah. So,
0: hey. Well, yeah. I have certainly learned a lot. Joanne. Um, <laughs> I, I could go on and on. I have I a whole know, list. <laughs> I know this is what 40 years bring to the fore. And I know. And we're happy about that. Yeah. Uh, so Joanne, uh, can you share with the audience how they can find you, how uh, they can connect with you? Uh, Certainly. So they can get some more of the awesome value that you share with <laughs>
1: it? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, just as Joanne Richards. I have a, a website, Richardsbookkeeping.com. There's no E in Joanne. And there's two O's, two K's, two E's. And what's really funny is I'm not a web designer, but I designed, you know, here's, here's, here's authenticity, transparency. I'm not a web designer, but I designed that website and you can tell, you know, it's very plain and boring and I hardly ever update it because you know, what I do is pretty much the same from client to client, but it gives you the idea. It's like, I, I work many different, my clients are lots of different kinds of industries, but um, yeah, it's, but yeah, Joe and my email is the same, Joanne at Joanne So I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to do consulting. I'm happy to set you up in QuickBooks. I'm not going to teach you how to be a bookkeeper unless you want to pay me lots of money for continual <laughs> calls. <laughs> go go well, to take some classes, you know, but just don't assume you're a bookkeeper if you start using QuickBooks, because there's a lot of accounting rules behind the QuickBooks screen awesome thank yeah.
0: you so much you're so welcome here thank you for I, having me you are so welcome i completely enjoyed having you here i mm. learned a lot even oh, good i'm pretty um you know circumspect about writing everything down keeping oh, it that's good neat. um uh, i put the stuff on quickbooks just to make just to keep it organized But good 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 and- It's good to learn something new about how to navigate this record keeping thing. Exactly, and your book looks like a great resource for new business owners, so well done. Thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. To my listeners out there, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to share what we do with everyone in your world, whether they are already a business owner, they're thinking of becoming a business owner, or is an entrepreneur with their hands in a lot of different pies. And they need to be keeping circumspect records. So thank you for being here. If you are watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And we also appreciate your comments. So until next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, thank you once again for being here and hope to see you soon. Bye.